Amen. Let us now turn to God's precious word. And we're turning to the book of Jonah, the Old Testament scriptures, and to the minor prophet Jonah. We've been looking already into this first chapter, and we're returning to it again together this morning. We're going to read from the first verse, and we want to read down the whole of the chapter. Some of it will uh, be refreshing to us uh, from the last uh, couple of weeks, and we're coming into a new section in the chapter as well. Reading from verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee on to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with them on to Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid, and cried every man unto his God, and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea, to lighten it off them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said, Every one to his fellow, Come, and let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation, and whence comest thou? What is thy country, and of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee? that the sea may be calm unto us, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land, but they could not. For the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, 
Let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Amen. We lend a reading there at the end of the chapter. May the Lord add his own blessing to this public reading from his own precious and infallible word. Amen. Let us turn in God's word once again to the book of Jonah and to the chapter 1. We have read the whole of the chapter together, and I want to just focus our thoughts today around uh, the verse 15. And we read Jonah 1 and the verse 15. It says, So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. And in this verse of Scripture, we see the answer to God's storm. The answer to God's storm. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. With this verse before us, we seek the Lord's help in prayer and ask the Lord to speak to each of our hearts uh, through the ministry of his word. Our gracious and our loving Father, we do thank thee for thy presence with us in this service. We do praise thee, our Father, for the privilege of being able to sing thy praise, being able to worship thee together. And even as we come now around thy precious word, we look to thee, O God, for that needed help. Come and minister to each of our hearts by the power of God, the Holy Spirit, and in everything that will be said, may the Lord Jesus Christ be exalted and may his name be honored and glorified. Hear our prayer and abide with us now. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, last time we finished off in Jonah chapter 1 by considering the miracle in the storm. And you remember there was the miracle whereby the mariners or the sailors were converted to the Lord. And we find that there was enough evidence in this chapter to prove to us and to give that clear indication that these men were truly converted. The Lord spoke to them in the midst of the storm. And on more than one occasion in the passage, we learn that these men feared. And we know that it was the fear of the Lord. When you look there, for example, in verse 5, it says, Then the mariners were afraid. And also in the verse 10, it tells us then were the men exceedingly afraid. And there it is clear to us that it was a fear of the Lord. And the Bible teaches us that the fear of the Lord 
is the beginning of wisdom. And here was the Lord beginning to move upon the hearts of these men. It's possible to trace the change of heart that there was because in the verse 5, as you will remember, when the mariners were afraid, it says they cried every man unto his God. And there they were crying to their false gods. But in verse 14 it says, Wherefore they cried unto the Lord. And that title Lord there being in block capital letters indicates Jehovah, that divine name. And so there's a clear change of heart on the part of these sailors, men who had initially cried to the false gods. They're now crying to the true God. Verse 16 of the chapter, again it makes it abundantly clear to us, then the men feared the Lord exceedingly. And it goes on to tell us that they offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and that they made vows unto the Lord. And therefore you can see here there's a fear of the Lord in their hearts. There's been a change of heart where they're crying now to the true God and they're sacrificing unto the true God and they're making vows uh, before the true God. Clear indication. These men have been converted to the Lord. Now today as we continue to Think about the experience of those on board this ship. It is worth just highlighting again the danger that these men faced. You see, the Lord, the Lord had sent out a great wind into the sea. And that wind was causing the sea to be so tempestuous. And we know that the waves would have been raging around that ship and crashing into that ship. The ship was thinking about breaking up. And we looked at that. But there's further detail repeated in the passage that indicates to us something further off the danger. If you look in verse 11... Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought. The sea wrought and was tempestuous. You can see the words are repeated in verse 13. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to land, but they could not. For the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. What does it mean that the sea wrought? Well, it means that the sea was going one way and then going the other way. And the word wrought also gives an indication that it was getting worse and worse by the moment. The tempest and the storm was intensifying. When the sea wrought, it means that the situation was getting worse and worse. And so the danger was increasing to the extent that these men believed that at any given moment they're going to perish. The ship is going to break up. They're going to find themselves in a watery grave. Men who were face to face with death. 
That was the situation here on board this ship. It was a dire situation. And in the midst of it all, they actually discover Jonah is the culprit. Not only by the drawing of lots when the lot uh, fell upon Jonah in verse 7, but also by confession from Jonah's own mouth. When you look at verse 10, Then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. And so Jonah has fessed up here. Jonah has said, yes, it's me. I'm the one that has caused all of this storm. I'm the one that has caused the trouble. I have fled from the presence of the Lord. And as things develop here, our text of Scripture tells us what that resulted in. It resulted in Jonah being cast overboard in order that these men and the ship would be saved. And so Jonah being cast overboard was the answer to God's storm. And whenever I thought about that, I felt it really had spiritual application. The answer to God's storm was to cast Jonah overboard. And I want us to think about that answer for a moment or two together this morning. And the first point that I draw to your attention is the reluctance to accept God's answer. The reluctance to accept God's answer. Our text of Scripture in verse 15 says, So they took up Jonah. But that didn't happen immediately. No, as we have read the chapter and we would be familiar with the story as it unfolds, we know that those mariners on board the ship, they tried everything else. And they tried every other way and every other means to find an answer to the storm. And it's possible to trace how these sailors were so reluctant to accept what was really the answer to the storm. It was God's answer to the storm. And they were reluctantly brought to cast Jonah overboard. We could very quickly just outline all that they tried first. We could say, well, they tried false religion. We know from verse 5 that they were so afraid that they prayed every man unto his God. And there in our Bibles, it's God with a small g. And it's indicating there a false God. They were praying to their idols. They were trying false religion. And they found no satisfaction there. They tried their religion, but religion did not work. The tempest is still there. God's storm is still there. False religion was not going to help them. And then they tried their own efforts. 
And we learn in the passage that they they cast forth in verse 5, they cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it off them. They're now working in their own strength to try and work against this storm. But their own efforts didn't work. We note at last time that their own efforts proved to be futile. And then in verse 7, they're, they're casting lots, and we could see that here were men who were searching, and they're searching for a way to find an answer to God's storm. Do you know in verse 12, they get the answer? And this is Jonah giving them the answer. They were asking in the verse 11, what shall we do? What shall we do? That the sea may be calm unto us, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And in verse 12, Jonah said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you, And the men have got the answer. Jonah says, I'm I'm the answer to this. And you have to take me up and cast me overboard into the sea. The men were so reluctant. You know, Jonah was still the prophet of the Lord. And we could say, in effect here, he was giving them a message from the Lord. He was giving them here that message from the Lord, which was an answer for these men as to how they could be saved. How they could be saved with such a storm. Jonah had to be sacrificed. And I see here a scriptural principle that sacrifice is required to turn away the storm of God's wrath against sin. And that was a message that these men found hard to accept. They were reluctant to accept the message of deliverance through sacrifice. And even though they're in the midst of such danger and they're face to face with death, we can see there was a reluctance to accept God's way of deliverance. You see, in verse 12, we have noted there that they got the answer that they were looking for. Here was the answer to God's storm. And verse 13 starts with that word, nevertheless. Nevertheless. In other words, contrary to the message that they have just received, Contrary to the answer to the storm, contrary to the way of deliverance, nevertheless. Verse 13 says, nevertheless, the men rode hard. They're back to their own efforts again. Jonah, the prophet of the Lord, had given them the message from the Lord. He had given them the answer. And then we read, nevertheless. They're back to trying to to roll that ship and they're trying hard to roll that ship to land. You can see there 
the compulsion that is within man that he feels he has to do something in order to save himself. And therefore you can trace all of those ways that these men tried. Verse 14, they turn to prayer again, but this time it's prayer to the God of heaven. But the word from the prophet of the Lord was that they had to cast him overboard into the sea. And that would be the answer. But they, they refused to accept that answer. And they refused, as it were, to sacrifice what they felt was innocent blood. And it amounts to a rejection of the message of deliverance. And doesn't that teach us so much about the unsaved soul? The sinner stands in great danger. They stand with the wrath of God upon them. And the storm of God's wrath at any moment is ready to burst upon them. They could drop at any moment into the depths of hell itself. Man is in great danger of perishing. Yet on hearing the gospel message, hearing of the Lord Jesus Christ, there's an answer. There's an answer to the storm of God's wrath against sin. The Lord Jesus Christ has died upon the tree and he has borne the wrath of God as he suffered there in his own body. And the sinner has to but come by faith to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. And there's the answer. But man is so reluctant. Man refuses that message. He refuses what is the answer to the storm of God's wrath. And maybe you have witnessed to a soul a soul that would be in great need, a soul that is in danger of perishing, and you present them with Christ as the answer, and yet they seem that they want to stumble on, turning again to their own efforts and turning to their own religion. They're not ready. Not ready to accept God's way. Not ready to accept Christ as their own and personal Savior. The reluctance to accept God's answer. But I want you to notice, secondly, the realization that they must accept God's answer. The realization that they must accept God's answer. You notice the words of our text again. So they took up Jonah. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea. They have realized that all of their human efforts have proved to be in vain. And therefore they are drawn to realize that their only hope is to accept God's way. And to accept the message that they have heard and received from the prophet of the Lord. They had exhausted every other way. They had considered every other option and they come to a realization there's no other way. Brought to an end of themselves. 
brought to that point where they're ready to accept God's way. So they took up Jonah. Do you see that realization? They took up Jonah and they cast him forth into the sea. In this short study on Jonah, I've already drawn attention to the New Testament where Jonah is mentioned. Mentioned by none other than the Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew 12 and the verse 39 when the scribes and the Pharisees were seeking after a sign and the Lord said no sign would be given except the sign of the prophet Jonah. And the Lord said Jonah is a sign. And what happened to Jonah and what we're reading about in Jonah chapter 1, it has significance. Jonah was a sign. So they took up Jonah and they cast him forth into the sea. Can you see what Jonah signifies to us? He speaks to us about sacrifice. Because that's really what was happening here. Jonah was being sacrificed. Jonah was being cast overboard. Jonah was being thrown into the deep, and that was a sacrifice, and therefore the sign of Jonah, he will remind us of Christ's sacrifice. And Jonah's sacrifice was a willing sacrifice. It's quite remarkable whenever you read it. You could read it there just very calmly as you pass over the words, but whenever you dwell upon those words, when these men are questioning Jonah and they're looking for an answer to the storm, and in verse 12, Jonah said unto them, take me up, take me up, and cast me into the sea. And Jonah was willing. He's volunteering himself. He's willing to be that voluntary sacrifice. He could see that these men were ready to perish and therefore he's willing to be sacrificed that they'll be saved. You see the saying of the prophet Jonah? He's pointing us to Christ. Christ, as it were, looked upon man and could see that man was ready to perish. And the Lord Jesus Christ, in an infinitely greater way than Jonah, the Lord Jesus Christ said, Take me up and cast me forth into the depths. As Jonah was willingly cast into the depths of the sea, so the Lord Jesus Christ was willingly cast into the depths, the sufferings of Calvary. The storm of God's wrath at Calvary. Do you see the sign of the prophet Jonah? Do you come to a realization that here is God's answer? Answer to the storm of God's wrath against sin? Always speaking to us of sacrifice and of a willing sacrifice, but we would have to say when you compare Jonah and Jesus, there's a contrast. There's a great contrast. Jonah is there being sacrificed because of his disobedience. And the contrast of the Lord Jesus Christ that 
He sacrificed upon Calvary's tree through his obedience. He was the one who was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And the contrast between Jonah and Jesus, not only due to Jonah's disobedience, but Jonah's sin. Jonah was there going to be sacrificed because of his own sin. The Lord Jesus Christ was sacrificed because of the sins of others. But nevertheless, Jonah remains the same. The same that would speak to us of the sacrifice of Christ upon the cross of Calvary and would speak to us of the one who is the answer to the storm of God's wrath. And if there's an unconverted soul in the congregation today or listening online at home, the danger is that that storm of God's wrath could burst upon you. The message from Jonah and the book of Jonah here is that he would point us to the Savior. And he would say to us, there's no other answer. There's no other way but God's way of deliverance. And just as these men on board the ship had to come to a realization that they must accept God's answer, so you too, unsaved soul, you must realize that there's no other way to be saved but God's way. And Christ is the answer. But then thirdly and very quickly, I want you to notice the result of accepting God's answer. And there in verse 15, our text of Scripture, So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. What was the result of accepting God's answer? The sea ceased from her raging. That word ceased, there, there are so many interesting words in the book of Jonah, but that word ceased, it means to stand still. Can you imagine that from the storm that seemed to be getting worse and the storm that was raging, that immediately Jonah is cast into the sea, the sea stood still. The sea ceased from its raging. And the result here is calmness. And there's peace. And there's tranquility. And we say that the result spiritually of accepting God's answer for the wrath of God against sin accepting God's answer and accepting the Lord Jesus Christ and his work upon the cross, it brings peace. Brings peace to the soul. There's reconciliation with God. Man who by his sin has come short of the glory of God and man naturally who is separated from God and alienated from God, yet when he comes to place his faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, he will find peace. Paul said in Romans 5 and 1, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Peace with God. 
And that peace with God is knowing that on the basis of Christ's work, we have been reconciled to God. It's through the death of his Son. And the result of accepting the Lord Jesus Christ is that result of being at peace with God. And there's an inner peace which we could refer to as the peace of God. Paul said to the Philippians, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The result of accepting God's answer is peace. Peace with God and the peace of God. And ultimately that peace in God in eternity. We're pointed forward in time to that point when peace will be realized in God's eternity in the hereafter in the new creation when we reach that new Jerusalem where there'll be no more pain and no more suffering and no more death. And through the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, our hope is secured. Our hope is secured. It's, it's an anchor for our souls that is sure and steadfast and it entereth into that within the veil and we shall obtain that eternal peace. The result of accepting God's answer, the cross work of the Lord Jesus Christ is the foundation upon which we will find peace. Dear unsaved soul, as we bring the message to a close today, oh, that you would consider your latter end and you would realize that the wrath of God abideth upon you. But oh, there's an answer to your situation. That answer is coming by faith to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your own and personal Savior. And I say to you today, that's the only way. You may be reluctant, but it's the only hope of salvation. And you must come to realize that there's no other way. And come to rest upon God's finished work. Through his dear Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, Know what it is to have that peace today, that peace within your soul. The storm of God's wrath is turned away because God is satisfied with the death of his Son. May the Lord be pleased to bless his word to each of our hearts this morning.